Welcome in. It's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And uh, we, we have a lot to talk about, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've done this podcast several times over the past couple months uh, where we look at each other in the Zoom and go, oh, I don't know where this is going to go. Good luck. Uh, today, quite a bit different. Yeah, a lot has changed in two weeks. Um, the Bearcats completed fall camp. At a lot's changed in 36 hours. Yeah, but I mean, even, yeah, right, for sure. That, <laughs> but, you know, they've completed higher ground. We'll get into that. Uh, there's been a contract extension for Coach Bickle. We'll obviously get into that. Uh, they just announced that they have added, I guess, what would be a 10th game against Army. We'll get into that. Uh, so basically, you miss a day or two, you miss a lot. I feel like that was some news station slogan at some point. But, uh, <laughs> it can now be college football slogan. It, it can most certainly be the Cincinnati Bearcats slogan because, well, <laughs> a lot has happened in a very short period of time. And uh, it started yesterday, popped off yesterday morning. I, I randomly get a text from Justin at 9.30 yesterday morning that says uh, about to – breaking news about to hit. And I, I guess he, he texted me one second before he hit send on his tweet <laughs> that, that a, a contract extension had been reached. I know a lot of you guys probably didn't hear. Did you hear my interview with Justin yesterday on 15.30? Um, yes, I did. The beauty of how this happened <laughs> – he was watching the, the board meeting uh, because he was told that he needed to, to be tuned in for answers to a couple other questions that he had had. Uh, so at 8.30 yesterday morning, 8.30 Wednesday, or Tuesday morning, he, he hopped on the public uh, board of trustees meeting for some answers to completely different questions. Out of nowhere, they introduced John Cunningham. John Cunningham comes up to the podium uh, presents his proposal for a contract extension, caught Justin's attention. He grabbed his tape recorder. He ran across the room, put his tape recorder up to the laptop, and a story fell in his lap, a big that's, one. That's what I was going to ask was, like, does Justin watch every board no. of Christie's meeting? Because if he no. did, then that right tool. there just shows you his level of commitment compared to yours and mine. Uh, yes, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I am okay. The funny thing is, he, he said he had listened for about an hour, and it was so boring, and he, he hadn't almost, gotten an he answer. Almost tuned he out. almost turned it off. He was like five minutes from turning it off. And he just happened to continue listening, and the story happened to continue and fall in his lap. The more power to him. If, if, if that's what it takes to get breaking news, I'll just report on it after Justin does. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Someone is always going to be first. I mean, yeah. it's fine. I used – for a long time, I've been first. <clears throat> With most – like, you know, you see news. I've been, I've been the breaking news guy for a long time. Uh, if, if we are now required to wake up at 8.30 on a Tuesday morning and watch board meetings, he's a better man than me, and I'm okay to yeah. admit that. If that's what it comes to, we need to get better sources because we're certainly not doing that. Well, no. And, and the crazy thing is, Dave, and the more that I've dug on this, this thing was basically done in February. 
Yeah. I mean, they said it was basically agreed upon in February and officially signed in late June, and then they had to wait. Wait for the board meeting. Wait for a board meeting. I don't know if there was less board meetings because of COVID. I thought, I mean. They do once a month, I think. Right. But maybe maybe with what was going on, they just figured there's no sense in having this out now as we get closer to the season. We can, if there is a season, we can release it. Here's the thing. If Justin wasn't on that call, we wouldn't know. Right, because Luke certainly is never going to tell anybody. Justin, put, they, Luke shot down, and, and I was told this yesterday as well, they were going to have a press release. Like, in, in advance of the board meeting, they had drafted a press release. And they took the press release to Luke, and Luke was like, absolutely not. Yeah. No, we're, we're not doing that. That's, that's not how he rolls. So he shot it down, and if it wasn't for I, – I promise, Dave, we probably would have got it secondhand. Like, Luke would have mentioned it offhand to us, uh, joking around like six weeks from now. We never would have known. That's or wild. We, or, or we would have heard it from, like, an, just another coach. Luke might not have even said anything. Yeah. He probably, he probably would – the only way he would have said something would have been joking. I, I, I can guarantee you that. He right. would not have told us uh, to go find that story. Sure. It, it, would have, it would have gone through quietly. He would have had his extension, and nobody would have known about it because he didn't want to be interrupted. And then if you listen to my interview with him yesterday, he was serious. Like, I had, I had gotten to my limit of talking to him about that kind oh, of yeah. extension. He was yeah. ready to hang up if I had continued on that path. Yeah. I mean, there's two two things about it that jump out to me. Obviously, the first is the – I think you can call it massive jump in the assistance. salary. Yeah. Um, we've, massive. We've known, for, we've known for a while that that Luke is not motivated by money. I don't mean to say that he doesn't care about money because, let's be honest, we all care about money. But I think, he's made, it per, I think it's, he's made it pretty clear that that's not his motivating factor. He is not – just looking to win football games and hopscotch around and see how big he can make his bank account. So to go from 2.71 to 3.85. I I actually think it was probably a little bit bigger than 2.71. That's Um, what they updated it on the USA Today database from last year. I think it jumped last year as well. I think there was a little bit of a jump last year as well. I mean, you come off an 11-win season, it's going to go up. Sure. Because I know it, it started around 2.5. I think it was probably closer to t- closer to three. Probably it was still a little under yeah. three, but it was closer to three sure. than 2.7. And, now, that, you know, and, and, and that's probably – that's hard to update after the season as contracts yeah. extensions happen and things like that. But either way, I mean, rough, they're roughly, you know, right in the ballpark of – the middle of the, the, the vast the vast majority of the autonomous five i'm not going to say p5 anymore i i agree with you on that um and so you know someone asked like does that help with a coach like marcus freeman and I, it, it definitely doesn't hurt um I, well, I i do want to say i, I want to say one thing that is not just for the 10 assistants that pool Sure, that's that's your whole staff. I mean, that's, that's your staff. that includes recruiting staff and, and yeah. There's and not like a separate pool for support right. staff and training and guys that's like everybody. Brady and uh, right. Um, it doesn't hurt, but 
I look at it more as when and not if, when some of our assistants do leave, it's just it gives you a, a better shot of bringing in someone yeah. at a similar caliber. I mean, you and I both agree that Marcus deserves a good head coaching job, not just a head coaching job. Yeah, he ain't going to the mat. Like it's not that's no, not that's not where he, that's not his starting point. He's outgrown that. Think, I don't even think his starting spot is the AAC anymore. That would be the low end of the scale, I would think. And the high side of that. Yeah. yeah. He's not he's not going to Tulsa if they fire Felt Montgomery after this year or something like that. So we're talking I, Big Ten, Big Ten ACC is what I would imagine. I th- well, I mean, Feldman named him, and poor Marcus, he gets named basically the number one assistant right. coach in the country and then fixed contract breaks like right. 10 minutes later. So you know he's not going to be the UC coach for <laughs> the foreseeable future. Right. The other thing I, that made me think was that I don't – think that the raise for Luke actually changes anything as far as his possibilities of leaving. I don't either. Because if you look at the, the list, so to speak, he's, he's going to get 3.4 now. Going to four puts him like in the, would put him in the top 15 salaries in the country. Yeah. So basically he's not, a half a million dollars between He's not 40 leaving and this situation. He's proven that already. He's not yeah. leaving this situation for a $500,000 raise. So the only schools he's leaving for are the mega mega 6 million 7 million dollar schools and right now I mean I don't know what he'll end up getting at some point soon but like Ryan Day's not even making 5 at Ohio State. Right. So you're looking at like the same group of schools you were probably looking at before, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and maybe Penn State. No, I don't, I don't think that this was about keeping him. I think this was about sending a clear message to him that you're, you're our guy. Like, we right. do not want I to think go it, out and hire another I coach. I think it sends a message to the rest of the country, though, of like, probably you're not going to come get him now. Where – before and I, I don't want to say not because let's be honest if you see yeah if you see is still in the AAC in like three or four years I don't blame anybody for going after something that they think they can realistically right. win a national Absolutely. championship and stuff like that but right here right now there's no one's going to no one no Florida states no Oklahoma states no Michigan states no one under that top top level is probably even going to bother at this point because they like, what are you going to, what are you going to say? You love it there. Your kid plays on the team. Your wife loves Cincinnati. We're going to give you $500,000 more. You you know, what's interesting about that, Dave, this is you. And you just kind of popped this into my brain. Look at how bad Michigan state got crucified for making a run and not getting him. That will slow others down. Yeah. Make no mistake about that, because there's still the 24-7 article that National put up, half of it was about Michigan State, about Michigan State missing on it. Like, they're still getting roasted. Well, you have to if – if you are one of the – an AD that tries to make that move, you have to know almost 100% 
before anything really starts. Like, if we start this conversation, are you coming? Right. Because I'm. I can't go through that for my school. Like I watch them go through. Yeah. Because it changes like the dynamic drastically, and, and and I'm surprised that we haven't had that pop into our mind. But it it popped into my mind. It's never been. At, been it's never happened before. It's always been like once that bigger school comes after our coach, we just go. kind of were resigned yeah. to the fact that, you know, it's going to happen. Well, when it doesn't happen, it tells us like he really likes it here, but it should also tell other schools like you better come like, and there's some stuff that we've heard that is not confirmed that <laughs> I still, to this day, am a little surprised about that you like Cincinnati as much as you do. Um, but, like, you, you can't just come with your standard stuff anymore. You're like, not, not just, just showing up and, and getting Luke Fickle because he's at Cincinnati. He's not going to, like, an, even another perennial top 25 team. He's not going to do that because you're not realistically going to pay him what it would honestly take. And I don't even know if money – See, even I, I don't, I don't buy that because I, money isn't what. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. I don't even know if you would have to get. I think feel like they would have to get to such a level that they wouldn't even get to, for him to even consider it. Not wrong, but I mean, here's the problem though: in the Power Five, any like, look at what Purdue gave Jeff Brown. I mean, he has, he's terrible. He's not good. He's yeah, still Purdue. What they gave him initially, but then. When he then had they one doubled, half yeah. decent season, well, that the problem was the contract extension. It wasn't what they gave him originally. No, but what I'm saying is, a place like Purdue has that kind of money to come but after. Do they a have Luke it Fickle. to do it a second time if the first yeah. time doesn't work? Right. After what we've seen now, all these places are losing money, hundred million dollar budget cuts. Yeah, you can't possibly then tell me that you then have the money to make that type of a contract extension again. If you're te- also telling me that you're lo- missing losing a hundred million dollars because we're not playing football this year, yeah, I mean, it, look, <laughs> that it cha- it changes a lot. The, the contract changes a lot. Saying no to Michigan State changes a lot. Um, the commitment to the the assistant pool changes a lot. So you know, this whole thing. I asked this on radio today. I don't. You probably didn't listen today because I didn't. I didn't have good guests today. I just had me talking. I was. I was uh, relaxing a lot today. So I'll ask you this because I'm interested in your answer on this specifically. The initial thought process in my head was to do like a. Um, who would you invest in, of the the Cincinnati sports programs? Long term, long term okay. investment. Luke Fickle in Cincinnati signed through 2026. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati basketball, which I, I think is in a very good place, but we've only seen one year of John Brandon. And I'm, I'm still in uh, – um, I mean, I'm not disappointed, but I'm still in a wait-and-see type of mode. Yeah. It's very it, hard to go off of last year when Jaron and Trey are gone. We have right. no idea what this season is going to look like, and you have such right. a young team. So it, it's not like a bad thing. It's just the facts of what's right. going on. Um, Xavier basketball. They're last. I would not – well, no, the Reds No, FCC's last. last. FCC's last. Well, I, that doesn't count. They're still – it's a major league soccer. It's, I it's a, but it's, I, I can't even comment on them because I okay. don't – Okay. Reds are last, for sure. Right now, Reds are last. 
Yeah. So what does this argument come down to? It comes down to Luke Fickle or Joe Burrow. It does. And are you buying Luke Fickle or are you buying Joe Burrow for the next six years? The only reason I would put Burrow one and UC two is just the conference situation. Okay, but I, I would say the only reason I would put Fickle one and Burrow two is because Burrow isn't the franchise. Yes, a franchise quarterback changes things, but if you get if you a bad defense, right, there's Joe a Burrow lot. doesn't do much. He, he like, can throw 50 touchdowns and they lose yeah. every game 50 to 49. Right, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, I'm investing in that, though, because, like, when you have that piece – and if that piece is the right piece, it makes figuring out the re- yes. all the rest yes, a lot easier. But here's what I would say. I would say today the easy answer is Luke Fickle. Sure. One year from now, that could be completely different. Right. If Joe Burrow looks awesome this year, even though the Bengals still end up, you know, six and ten, ten right. or whatever, but Burrow looks awesome and you're like, you know what? He's the guy. Yeah, we can't and, fix every issue in one season, but it looks like we got the most we got the guy. thing right. Then maybe then the answer is probably different, and it's a lot closer. Not having seen Joe Burrow play a game, he's not going to get preseason games. Right. Going into week one and week two, there's a good chance that he ends up in the hospital <laughs> behind this offensive line and the defenses oh, no. that they're going to face. I'm, I've been – you know I've been on the, the, the train. I know. For it. I'm driving the train practically. No, so. I get it. <laughs> but today, today, I think the answer is Luke Fickle. And for a fan base that has had head coach PTSD for years, it's unbelievable to finally be in a situation where you have a coach entering his fourth season that is now signed through 10. Right. Sure. And, and if I had any faith that they could get out. That they, could, that, they, that they would be getting out or that this league would all of a sudden be recognized similarly to the other ones, it wouldn't even be close right now. But that's always – like, that is always the ceiling on – Right. Like, if we're just comparing the two, yeah, there's a lot more things that have to go right for the Bengals to be as good as we hope that they can be with Joe Burrow. But they're in a league that – all of those options are there. It's up to them to figure it out. Like, UC could go undefeated for two, three, four straight years in a row and never go to the playoff and never go up to another league. And, you know, that would be a shame. We would enjoy the hell out of winning a lot of football games. But the reality is that, you know, that doesn't, wouldn't change a darn thing, possibly. No, I mean, in that aspect, you're right. But in terms of stability, I think right now the, the, the Bearcats are the most stable organization oh, in town. Absolutely. Because Joe Burrow could be great, but the defensive coordinator – Zach Taylor could stay. Zach Taylor could – right. There's, a, there's way more moving parts. Like, and the college is so much different, too, than the pros. Yeah. And that you have new players. And, you, and, yes, you have new players in the pros. But you're recruiting and – your coach, your coaching quarterback in football has now become – it's always been important, but it's ridiculously important now. And we, we feel like we know that the coaching part for UC is strong. We don't we, – we hope that the quarterback part for the Bengals is strong and the coach comes along, but we don't know that. Right. I think we can pretty definitively say, like, I'm not expecting all of a sudden 
outside of a rash of half the team being out for the year that UC is all of a sudden going to go from back-to-back 11-win seasons to like four and six or something. Right. I don't know. It's it's an interesting – I think it's an interesting take given how just one thing, like extending Luke Fickle, puts Cincinnati football in a position – because even – like. Look back at, at 2009. They weren't ranked coming into that year. Even coming off of an Orange Bowl, right. because they had lost so much on defense, this program has never been given the benefit of the doubt, well, you, right? You, you, Rightfully so. Defense, they lost their bowl game. They weren't really that good in it. So the last thing anybody sees, take whatever you want from bowl games. Right. But they lost three games. I, th- I think it's totally understandable that they weren't ranked. Um, I, I do too. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad. But what I'm no. saying is they well, weren't given the benefit of the doubt. Just like a lot. I think of it just. Are. It just the certainty. The certainty and the stability changes a lot in college football. You because you're like, oh, if if this school can keep this coach with everything they have coming back next year, then. They right. could maybe have – you know, it's kind of like the Memphis thing. Like, I love Memphis's talent, but without spring football and with that, and doing what we're doing with a whole new coach and, you know, a new person calling the plays, I don't know what that's going to mean. So, it's it just the stability from, a, from that standpoint and the certainty makes you feel way more comfortable beyond this season. Way – I mean, we've never experienced anything. I don't even want to say like we've experienced before. Like, it's just never happened. Like Nothing close. Like, they could win all their games. And unless Brian Kelly decides to go to the NFL or retire, I'm not even considering having to think about Coach Fickle going somewhere else after next year. Yeah. And what, what, what G5 team can say that? We won all of our games and we're not even – it's not even crossing our mind that our coach might leave. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird spot that, that you see football has just never been in. Which means that there will not be a season. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> because we cannot have anything good happen. Consecutive. You cannot, yeah. You cannot have nice things. No, exactly. Um, no. Anything else on the fickle extension? No, I think, I mean, I think we covered it and that's the, Things have been happening so quickly. It's like, it's almost like old news to, to, to now like talk about it. But I guess that's the world we live in. Let's hit Freeman real quick. Because I, I, I want to make that more of a thing. That, that he was named the number one assistant coach in the country by Feldman. Like that's, that's a big deal. And you know what? I think Feldman's probably right. I mean, I'm sure there's some really good assistants at the high, high major level at the, the blue blood level of college sure. football. Um, I mean, I, I think, think when all you get of those to, schools would love to have Marcus Freeman as their defensive coordinator. When you get to the very top, you can probably make points for several guys. But, I mean, yeah. if, you're in, if you're in the conversation, then you're in the conversation. So, I mean, the, the proof is in it. I mean, they've, they've turned around what the first year was an atrocious – defense yeah. and an atrocious roster as a whole. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to anyone that was on that team, but I mean, they probably should have won one game. 
and two years later, they're the 13th ranked team in the country going into the season. Two seasons later, I guess you would say three later. But, so, yeah, I mean, with with what – and that's the whole deal this all. Like, I want a season just because I love football, but I also want a season because I want to see this defense in action. Me too. Me too. More than anything, I want to see this defense play. It's like, I know that offenses are like, I just want to see it because I'm not sure how you, I say this and it's going to sound ridiculous. I'm not sure how you score on them. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not either. Outside of a busted coverage or a missed tackle and a 65 yard touchdown or something, you're going to go 10 plays on this team. Good luck putting an extended drive together. And I can't imagine how giddy Freeman is to have so much versatility to do what he wants to do. He's got edge rushers. He's got inside guys. He's got inside guys that can play outside if they go three, uh, three defensive linemen. He's got uh, – while he doesn't have a lot of experience at linebacker, boy, he's got a lot of bodies, and he's got a lot of athleticism. Yeah, I mean – And he's got big guys, thing. and he's got fast guys. And, they, like, he's got everything he needs. And the secondary, whole buddy. Oh, buddy. It's it's one thing to just be inexperienced, but it's another thing if you don't have options. And I think they have options at linebacker. Yeah. They just don't know. It's kind of like the D-line last year. Like, we talked about going into the season, like, there's a lot of options, but none of them have really produced yet. So we can't, like, say that this is all of a sudden going to be some great group because we just don't know. Now we we're think- saying it's a great group. We think it could be a great group. now, and, and now we know it's a great group, but you can't – you know, we're excited about several guys, but until they show us something, I'm not going to, you right. know, make a statement on it. I think it's almost identical to the defensive line, except there's one difference that we haven't talked about. You know, directly in contact with every one of those linebackers every day? No. Marcus Freeman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's his group yeah if i'm gonna trust it in anybody's hands i'm gonna trust it in his hands right right i mean when the, you know that's that's the kind of the thing you hope for is if there is a group that is you know behind so to speak the rest of the defense it's not bad to have your defensive coordinator being in charge of that group and honestly Linebacker has become kind of a marginalized position in, in football, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, about it's the, getting to the quarterback and being able to cover receivers until that somebody gets to the quarterback. It's the running back of the defense. Yeah, it's I mean, interchangeable. It's, it's like, replaced. And you know what? You can go with two. They've got enough DBs and defensive linemen. Well, they can go four, two, six. That's the team that won the Super Bowl last year went with two. And outside of Kansas City Chiefs fans, I bet nobody can tell me who their two starting linebackers were. Four, two, five. Sorry. I'm not going to they're not going to get to play an extra guy. You can go four, one, six. And I bet James Wiggins would act every bit as a linebacker, wouldn't he? Sure. I mean, that's, you know, it's. You're, you're giving a guy that's got an incredible defensive mind every option possible at his disposal, and that's fun. Because mm-hmm. when you talk to him about it, like, he has this little smile that's like, yep, he know, like he knows something we don't know. Yeah. 
and and the thing all those dudes are now either in their second or third year too or fourth or fourth but i mean like so they can go back to stuff and be like remember when we ran this in 18 yeah. but we didn't run it last year because we got hurt we're going to bring that back and it's not like teaching them something new it's re- it's just right. a refresher but it's not like a new defense so to speak I'm excited for this defense, and I'm excited Marcus is getting the attention he deserves. Because well, we need to, we need to try. I just want to know how much they're going to blitz, and he can he can short changes because he doesn't want anybody else to know. But if you got safeties and corners like we think you got, you better be heating some people up. I think they're going to blitz a lot. I mean, I've always felt that just in general. College football doesn't blitz enough because I don't trust quarterbacks and offensive lines that much in college. That, yeah, so what? You're putting your DBs on islands. Make these guys make decisions in one or two seconds, and it's not going to ma- – it won't matter half the time. I get, I get an inkling. Obviously different this year because I wasn't at higher ground. Um, I, I haven't seen it in person. But I get the inkling the, you're going to see guys coming from – The sky doesn't lie. I, I think you're going to, you know – I've talked to enough people and asked enough questions. I think you're going to see people coming from everywhere. I think that's part of the fun of it. Like, that's what he gets to play with now, right? Is he can yeah. send stuff from everywhere. Sure. That's fun. Blitz Wig, Blitz Forrest, send Gardner off the corner because they don't think he's coming off his man. Send every linebacker, send no linebackers. Like, I, there's a million ways he could have fun with this. And, and I think he's going to. I think he's going to take advantage. Oh, yeah. That's who we've known him to be so far, though, right? Why wouldn't he take advantage? Right. It's oh, ironic. Yeah. It's ironic Tanuda's not on technically on staff anymore. Yeah. He's now an analyst because – Tenuta is Dave's favorite defensive coordinator in college football history. Third in Tenuta. Because, well, first in Tenuta. Second in Tenuta. Third in Tenuta. Well, no, the joke of the teams he used to coach was it'd be like third and 26, and he would still send He's the house, and, the, and they'd get 27 yards. <laughs> yeah. But that's because it was third and 26 because he blitzed on first and second down. Right. He just didn't know how to call off the dogs and stop third and 26. Um, I think you're. I think you're going to see a lot of pressure. I think you're going to see them. I think you're going to see that defense have a lot of fun. I think they know they have a chance to be special good. Yeah, so I mean, bring it on. Teams aren't going to be able to block their front four. How are they going to block blitzing six, six guys? Right. They, they, I don't know that teams are going to be able to block their front three when, because they're going to be three three five. It's going to be right. the base, and I don't think teams are going to be able to block their front three. And then you start sending linebackers and you start sending defensive backs and all of a sudden the quarterback is in his head wondering where it's going to come from. What, what are they going to dial up next? That, yeah, watching this defense is going to be – and it's funny. You go back to 08, 08 wasn't a super dynamic offensive team. That defense no. was nasty. 08 was – I mean, it was Marty's first year, Tony's first year – starting they were was, good but they weren't great it was a lot of of run to set up 
yeah. big plays with Marty. And and then you had – Bones uh, made a lot of plays that first year. Goodman, you know. Yeah. But Goody was a possession guy. Like, right. I mean, he – but, yeah, it was, it was much – it was not – it was nothing like what it morphed 09. into in 2009. Yeah. 09, because I think everybody thinks – the offense was just the same in 08 and 09. And when you go back and watch those 08 games, they weren't offense dominated. That defense was pretty filthy. Mm, A lot of that was because the secondary was nasty, but that defensive line was very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, I think it's going to be similar. Uh, Let's get to Army. That apparently yeah. a game that, that came together in 48 hours. Hard to say. <laughs> I, I, I've texted with a couple people, and apparently it was uh, the fastest moving thing they've ever experienced. Hard to I, say. I, you know what I wonder? I wonder if Army released that schedule and, and UC did look at it like all of us did and said, huh. They're looking to schedule anybody they can schedule, right? 29th or 26th. Call them. Let's see. Yeah. Called them. Army said, sure. All right. Well, there's a game. Because apparently this happened faster than anything that's ever happened in the history of scheduling football games. Right. Because we were, we, were, we were told a couple of days ago that they, there was very likely not going to be another game scheduled. Yeah. And now there is. Which is, hey, look, I don't care how it got done. They got a game in that 26th spot. I'm thrilled. Sure. I'm, I'm the same way. And I think that was kind of my, I want to say, you'd say criticism of the whole thing. I was just kind of like, you look around the landscape and, yeah, it might not be perfect because none of this is perfect. So right. are we just – are we really trying or are we just kind of saying, well, no, it's not going to work because we can't get what we want? Like, do you think Army wants to play, like, four FCS schools? Probably not. But they want to have a season, so you do what you can. And, you know, they were able to schedule – I don't know how they – still don't know how they did it. What has now become nine games. Apparently they're <laughs> just saying yes to anyone that called. I don't bl- – do you blame I, – I would do the no. same thing. Yeah, I'm down. I did, I did see a funny article. I didn't read the article, but it was like talking about the service academies, and the quote was like, we're best prepared for all of this anyway. Yeah. We, we live in people with guns guarding the like, doors. We're in, a, we're in a bubble. We have gates, and we have guards <laughs> with guns out front. <laughs> right. They're not wrong. No. But, yeah, I mean, because here's my thing. Schedule's been against you can't because you got no idea how many of them might get canceled. Right. So if you get three or four games canceled and you only had eight to begin with, and now you got four, well, you're certainly not going to be propped up against teams that got nine or 10 games played or whatever it might be. Yeah, for sure. So go with it. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but at least you had something there. So I think it's great. And I love, I mean, and I've always, I always like playing army, Navy, air force. I know they run a, the, the triple and it's you know a danger with them and their blocking scheme but i'm i'm all for playing the, the service academies and it's great that there's a, a return game 
to West Point in 2031. I've heard that's a that's a must make trip. It is for sure. I've been. I I've been, been. I've been to West Point for a wedding, actually, not for a football game, and the campus is incredible. It's it's so nice. Just so such an awesome awesome place. I, I will put it on my bucket list for 2031 if I make it to 2031. Mid 50s seems like seems like a lot for me. Long, long way away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kudos to John Cunningham for getting it done. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else on that other than it, I'm I'm ecstatic that they got a game in that spot. Yeah, I, I mean that's uh, I mean uh, again another. Surprise. <laughs> we weren't just like with the contract extension. We weren't expecting that. How about, how about, how about I this? My Cunningham. Phone and I go, oh, so that's happening. How about this? Cunningham doesn't really say anything for the entirety of lockdown. And in one week. He schedules an interview. A day later is the fickle contract extension. A day after that is adding a game on the 26th. The man is yeah. hot. Uh, credit where credit is due. Both, the man is hot. Show. Um, let's get into, uh, do you have, do you have questions for me coming out of camp? Yeah. I mean, just what, what do you think the, I don't, you know, not to rehash, you know, anything from after the last time you kind of updated everybody that's on the board. But I think my question would be just kind of your biggest, biggest, maybe a couple bullet point takeaways. We've touched a little bit about on the defense, anything else? Uh, jump out positively and anything, you know, in talking to people that you would say would be on the concerning level? Uh, I would say right now the biggest concern is probably the the interior of the offensive line. Um, I think they are still trying to figure things out. Uh, I, I don't get the sense that Jeremy Cooper is back to a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they're trying to figure out exactly what to do with the guard spots. Uh, from what I was told in the scrimmage, Vinny McConnell moved back in at right guard, um, moved back into his old address uh, after being out for, I believe 14 days. You can do with that. What, what you will uh, missing camp for 14 days. Um, and I've been John Williams to my, to, from what I've heard, to my understanding, he took most of his reps in the scrimmage at the second team at left tackle. Uh, I think they are trying to make sure they have reinforcements at tackle if need be, not only for this year, but for the future. Who is your future at tackle? Because James, you know, do you see James Hudson's tweet? I don't know if it was yesterday or today. The day is all right now seem very much the same. Um, probably not. He graduates in December. Oh, I did see that. So he, yeah. If James Hudson has a good year, I wouldn't be surprised to see James Hudson not playing in college football next year. And I wouldn't necessarily blame him. The kid has it's not had an easy go of it to get to this point. No, and I, I think, you know, because of – even if we get a season in, 
just because of everything that's going on, I think you're going to see a high a higher number of juniors or four fourth year juniors guys fourth that have been around. Jun- Anybody that can leave early. Yeah. I feel like you're going to see a higher number of those, even though the number of draft positions are increasing. Right. (laughs) But I think you'll probably see just just the mindset of, hey, if we're going to have to deal with this stuff, I at least want to try to get paid for it. So. I think he could fit into that. So you have Darius Harper that's a senior. You have James Hudson that is a fourth-year junior. I think it, it it would be wise to start making sure you had your contingency plans, right? Yeah. I mean, you, when you can, you don't want to just have two green tackles next year that you don't know anything about. Well, if those two leave, you're gonna. You just better be no, real No, but I mean, that's why I'm saying – and that's why yeah. I agree with you. Like, you, you got to try to get them in some game action, get some guys in some game action where you can. So I think that that is one development. I think they are exploring all of their options at guard. Um, they can't have another year where the offensive line struggles. Right. Uh, I th- I know this is a me thing. It's just it, it's the way my brain works. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. Have you noticed anything odd about when they talk about Des? I was going to ask you this. Um, I noticed that when they talk quarterbacks, they don't actually talk about anything that has to do with football on the field, making throws and things like that. Yeah. That just me being me, uh, always a a brain that, that thinks a little bit different than most. When I hear that, my eyebrows raise a little bit because well, we're not hearing about Des ripping the ball downfield. We're not hearing about Des being uh, a better passer uh, outside the hash marks. But we're hearing about his leadership. We're hearing about the things that we've heard about uh, ever since Des became quarterback, right? It's the Tyler Hansborough syndrome. He was a lottery pick based off energy and effort. No one – the first thing about you as a player should ne- should always be about something that has to do with playing the sport physically. Then I, we can I get don't in, disagree. Then we can get into how great of a leader you are. Like Joe right. Burrow is a great leader, but they didn't talk about that first. Right. They talk about accuracy and they talk about pocket presence, pocket presence, controlling the running the offense, um, understanding of how to throw guys open, like. Like They're talking Dan, about on-field stuff. Dan Horde was at practice twice and sent out probably five texts each time with pictures and whatnot. I could be wrong, but I don't remember any of them having to do with quarterback play. No, he sent a couple out about Des, uh, but they they okay, were the, I mean, then I'm, you know, just but they were in the sim- they were in a similar vein. It wasn't. It wasn't like yeah. It was hearing about how. Grady is as a as elite like right. and, and, and this and is not a shot on Des. It's vitally I, important. I'm not we're not discounting that. Right. Like, but when you saw what happened last year, and some people will put more of the blame on him than maybe he deserves, and some will put less, and that's just the way that it is when you're a quarterback. And I think he totally understands that. I, I think he does. 
And if, but if you're going into your third year as a starter, I want to hear more about how, like Joe, and I don't mean to keep comparing him to Joe Burrow. But God, just, you love it, Joe Burrow. Well, just what Joe comes Burrow's to mind. Kids. What was the first thing that happened when he when they scrimmaged? First drive, six for six, 69 yards, touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about, man, he really commanded the huddle. No, no, he, no, 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 no. You know what nobody talked about? Man, he really went over to the sidelines and got after his guys when they went one for four and gained 16 yards. Sure. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Right. We're talking a lot about, you know, De- Des isn't afraid to go get in somebody's face when they make a mistake. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, but how about you, you go six for six and score a touchdown? Like, that, we got and, this great defensive backfield. Was there a time when the offense, even if it was maybe just one 11-11 period, was there a time when they just carved him up? Right. Because uh, that would go a long way. We don't know because we weren't there. So it's a little harder than normal. We've been there every practice. And we could say, yeah, the defense has been great, but – the offense has had their moments. Right. You know, now, we know from, from what we've heard, the offense controlled the first scrimmage. We also know the defense dominated the second scrimmage, from what I've been told. We don't know. Uh, we, we have been informed that those things happen. So this is not a knock on death. This is simply saying we know that the passing game needs to at least go back to 2018 levels, Right. I think it needs to surpass 2018 levels. Look, if he if if that offense completes 63 to 65% of their passes with what they have in the running back room, I think they're fine. I know. I'm with being, this defense. I'm being greedy, which will lead 2500 yards, 65% of their passes. I'm just building run the anticipation ball. for the next segment of our podcast, okay? Okay. I'm but I'm telling. The other thing that concerns me we heard Ben Bryant's name come up once. I mean, it tells not, me he's he's not having a great camp, or not having the breakout camp that maybe a lot of us expected. Well, okay, here's here's my thought on that. If you're if Luke, as he said, we're going to have a competition. You know, Des is, you know, you can have a competition and still have someone a notch above the rest. But if you're right. going to have a competition, then that means Ben is probably running against the ones more than he did last year. So he's probably struggling, I would guess, if that's the case, then he might be struggling a little bit more in this camp because he's taking more snaps against a better defense than they had last year is what we're expecting. So it well, might I, Look, I wouldn't want to be the guy taking the snaps against the twos. Because yeah, then you got twos around you on offense. and that's... Well, then you have a, a second-team offensive line right. going against essentially a first-team defensive line. Like sure. you, You're going Marcus Brown, uh, Malik Van, uh, Ethan Tucky. Right. Like, Jabari Taylor, yeah. Yeah, like you, you don't that, – that's not a second team that you want to play against. In, no, like it's, I, it's not being most... a second-team quarterback on this team has to be an absolute nightmare. Right, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's probably getting yeah. more reps against the ones, and that could be, you know, part part of the if there is a problem. Yeah, I don't know that there's a problem. I'm just I, I 
we're talking about what we have like what we have to talk about we, because we I mean, didn't have the advantage that we've always had but we also every snap think, of every practice i think everybody knows we're not going to sugarcoat things like i feel like if just like you said like if the quarterbacks were ripping it up we'd know because they'd be like man this defense is really good and today these guys still shredded the heck out of it we know regardless of being there or not right i feel like that's something that we would know and i don't feel like we've gotten that sense we're we're hearing the running backs are doing a great job against that defense are we not we are we're hearing about big plays from jerome ford we're hearing about charles mcclellan making a big play in the scrimmage the last scrimmage on friday we're hearing about the consistency of Jared Dokes. We are hearing that those backs are having some success against this defense. My point being, if, and your point being, if the quarterbacks were doing the same, I'm pretty sure we'd be hearing about it. So that's, that raises a little bit of a red flag. Not a huge one, but it's how my brain works, and it's how I've seen things uh, trying to sort through what you're told over – what you've seen, and as I've always told you, Dave, I'm a Marvin Lewis guy and that I see better than I hear. Yes. It's the one Marvin Lewis saying that that has stuck with me. Yeah. What what else you got? We're 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 I don't know how long we're planning on going tonight. We almost weren't gonna do this podcast. We almost pushed it back to tomorrow. Uh and then we just decided, you know what? Let's rock it. Let, yeah. let, let's let's kick it out. Right when the Army news broke, I called yeah. you and was like, let's do this. We're like, because if we'd have waited another day, then we're three days away from the contract yeah. extension, or, you know. So, but I'm going to tell you how an AAC team is going to be in the college football playoff this year. I mean, there are four spots, there are four, there spots. are three autonomous conferences uh, are- available. There is one spot potentially up for grabs. Now, I will, the most important thing I'm going to say. One is, of them has to run the table. Exactly. is pretty much understood. But they have to be undefeated. That's, that's first and foremost. So, if you look at it, we'll just use UC as an example because they are the highest rated uh, non-autonomous five team. They would be if, – if the season starts, the AP has said we will remove the teams that, they are, that are not playing, so they would jump up to 13th. UCF would be 14th, and Memphis would be 17th. The first thing I did was look at teams behind them because we know that it's that, – Watching the way that the polls have broken in the last few years, the AAC teams almost seem to have like a cap on how high they'll get. And then eventually the committee will start jumping power five teams ahead of them, even as AAC teams still win. So I looked at teams behind them. Iowa State, two spots behind UC, has to play OU, Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State. You know, it's a round robin, so they play everybody in the Big 12. Tennessee, one spot behind them, so would be 16th. They play five teams in the top 13. It's hard to imagine the Vols going through that 
unscathed to get into a position to make the, the playoff. After that, you have Virginia Tech, who plays Clemson, North Carolina. Miami plays Louisville, Clemson, North Carolina. Louisville plays Notre Dame and Miami. So it's harder this year without all these other teams, especially from the Big Ten, who have always kind of made up those teams-type spots, to see teams jumping AAC teams as long as they keep winning because there's a lot of landmines out there for them. So then if you flip it over to, okay, well, who's in front of them? Who has to lose? For the purpose of this, let's just say Clemson and Alabama go undefeated or have one loss but win their conference, so they're in. Then we'll say a one-loss SEC team gets in. And I'm not going to say necessarily the loser of the SEC championship because that team could have – the way that the schedule is broken up this year, that team could have more than one loss but still be in the SEC championship. So even if they lost that, they wouldn't go. But like a a Georgia or a LSU, for instance, who maybe only loses to Alabama and doesn't go to the SEC championship, they could take that third spot. So who does that fourth spot come down to? It's definitely a Big 12 team possibly with like Oklahoma or Texas because Oklahoma would start at four and Texas would start at roughly 10. But the way that these schedules have now broken down these teams are all playing each other. So it's very hard to see any of them. Well, that's nothing new in the Big 12, though. That's no, what they do. But, but it is new. In, but there's no other data points. Is, right. It is new in the SEC. Yeah. Because, for example, like Auburn. Let me count one. Auburn is, would be eighth when we start the season, if we start a season in the new poll. They play Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Alabama, and Texas A&M. They're not – So, anyone other than Alabama, getting through that with one or zero losses is unlikely. And then they're not going to the SC championship game either. Right. So, basically what I'm saying is this is really like an ACC Notre Dame type of thing because North Carolina only plays Notre Dame in the regular season. So if they would beat them and then go to the conference championship and say lose to Clemson, I could see them taking the four spot over, yeah. an, un, over an undefeated uh, American, American team. Notre Dame plays Clemson in North Carolina. So if, Clemson, if North Carolina beats them, they're out. You know, so it's, Not wrong. It's un- – in no, by no means am I saying that this is like a, a high percentage that this would happen, but without the Big Ten and the Pac-12, who they've always kind of just kept moving those middle-of-the-road teams up, you know, like the Minnesota and Iowa, and, you know, they lose two or three games and they're still ranked ahead of an undefeated AAC team, those teams just aren't there anymore. Like, you – an AAC team will use UC again because they're the highest ranked one. Yeah, but Dave, I would also say there's a possibility that we see like six SEC teams in the top ten all year, no matter what happens. You could, but not. But I think if they still if they have two, three, four losses, they could still be in the top ten, but they're not going to go to. They're not going to be in the fourth spot. They're not putting 
a four, three or four loss team that didn't play in the conference championship. Would they would they put a two loss SEC conference championship loser in over an undefeated UC? Probably. I think you're right. Probably. But that that means it's a one loss regular season SEC right. team. So it's, which doesn't it's, seem likely. It's Florida losing. Although, but here's the argument that's going to be made, Dave. They played 10 SEC games. So, of course, they had two regular season losses. Well, that's not necessarily true because the schedules are wildly. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm talking about what we've seen the autonomous committee do. Oh, no, I, I'm, that's what. I'm just, I'm just providing counterpoints for your point. That's all we're talking about. I agree. That's why I'm saying I still don't think it's like a great chance or even like a real realistic one it's almost like the whole you got to see it to believe it type thing the way things have gone but what's going to happen is the ap poll will release the the first eight that we've got the, the the preseason ap poll which included all the other teams the next poll all those they're all they're all gone right you see moves up so to we're 13. gonna see three we're gonna see three right there's three, yeah. There's yeah. There would be three. It would be UC at thirteen, UCF at fourteen, and Memphis at seventeen. If the only teams that and I'm I, you've made this point, but if the only teams they lose to are each other, and one of them makes it through unscathed, they will have an argument. Yeah. They will have an argument. If UC goes undefeated, and I'm, wins at UCF, beats right. Memphis at home, wins Memphis, the AAC title Memphis, game. Memphis, they play Memphis again. Say. Yeah. I don't know. They would play UCF or Memphis because there's no divisions. Who knows? Right. They play one of them. They beat them again. The other one that they don't play, their only loss is to UC. Right. Well, they would beat each other because they play. Well, right? I, don't, I don't know if UCF and Memphis are playing each other. That's the only thing I don't Pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. I did, I did not actually look that up as part of this because it was really only like looking at if one of them went undefeated. But, yes, if they play each other and then, you know, one of them had two losses and the other one had one loss. Here, I'll pull it up. But it's a possibility. And it's ne- it's never been that way before, just because when you are reducing the number, because there's five conferences, right? You're reducing the number of pool- Friday, pool. O- Friday, October sixteenth. Okay, where is that at, at? Memphis? At Memphis. So yeah, I, I mean, would still with the new staff. I would still take UCF in that game. I think yeah. when you when you just take out ten teams, say that are typically in that ten to twenty ranked range have two to three losses and when you start at 13 like that's that's different right that's never no one's i don't think anyone in the aac has ever i don't think ucf even started this high after they won the peach bowl and and won the national you almost said national championship i did i just did when they won the national championship (laughs) when central the central florida golden knights won the national championship no, it's just interesting to look at who all these teams in front of them have to play. Yeah. And you could realistically have a lot it's of a SEC fun exercise. Teams. You could have a lot of SEC teams with two and three losses. The other thing that you have to look at is Oklahoma's four, but if you're going to get Oklahoma, this is the year. So what if they have two losses? 
but the Big 12 just beats up on each other. Yeah. And then LSU is replaced. I saw this today. I couldn't – I mean, I knew it was a lot. They are replacing 31 players from last year's team. Yeah, I saw that today. Wow. And and a lot of them are really, really damn good. It's not just like a yeah, bunch of like, seniors that exhausted like, their eligibility. Like 18 of them are in the NFL. So they're starting at five, but 31 players – Replacing, and they're playing Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Texas A&M. Like, you know, they could lose two or three games. Like this, but For sure. Outside of Bama and maybe Georgia, I think they're still going to be really good. But, like, you could have a, a two-loss regular season team in the SEC championship game. Uh, Georgia would be a, a question for me in terms of being in the East. I don't know who their crossovers are. That Georgia's big games are Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. So they do cross over Alabama and Auburn. That's not easy. No. They always play Auburn. Um, but I know that the Yeah, but adding out. Alabama, that's right. that makes it a little different. Right. I don't I don't I don't think you've convinced me, but you've piqued my interest. Well, I don't think there's like a con- I'm not trying to convince I know. because I, I don't think it's even, I don't know if it's even realistic, but it's more a possibility than ever before. And it's a very – the reason I brought this, even thought about this, is Andy Staples' podcast, they were talking – he was talking about it with someone the other day, and they were both, like, fully on board that it could definitely happen. Not they didn't put like a percentage, but like right, it can happen. It's the first time it of, can happen because of how good the three AAC teams are and where they will start. It is definitely a possibility. That's new. So I'll give you that. Let's print the shirts. Print the shirts. You see, just published a Wired Wednesday with sauce. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to get off here and listen to that because that's got to be fascinating. Anything else you got? Uh, I don't think so. A new, another breaking COVID test thing that could be huge for sports came out. $5 test, no lab needed. Yeah. It's big. Abbott's basically saying they hope to produce 50 million by, uh, by the end of October, like a week or something. And I think people, you know, I think a lot of people have... The issue isn't – I mean, it is the virus, but it's the – It's tracking it's, the virus. It's the testing. Yeah. Because, like, if I can test someone three times in a day or three days in a row, I feel way more confident. Even if then the if, test itself isn't as accurate, if you're – Right. If, you're, if the cost allows you to do it much more frequently, you can feel – that it's more reliable than testing on a Wednesday and worrying about someone then being positive on set on game day or whatever. Right. Like if it's, if, yeah, if it's $5 and it takes 15 minutes, test them every hour for all I care. Like it's still cheaper than the, than the other stuff. Well, if the other test is a hundred dollars and your new test is $5, you can test somebody 20 times. Right. That you tested them once. Now, do you need to test them twenty times? No. So there's a lot of money being saved there as no, well. You could you could test them 
Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning before you leave, Friday when you get to the game, and Saturday morning before you leave the team hotel. True. Now, we did see uh, – where was it today? Was it LSU? That had, like, a whole position group except for four guys either test yeah, that's, or, or in quarantine. That, that's uh, what we've worried about, right? I think it was, like, the, I think it was the offense the, and the yeah, the offensive line, which you have five guys on an offensive line. If you look at a roster, you've got 14, 16, sometimes 17 right. offensive linemen on scholarship in your roster. If you're down to four, you what? need five to play. The, can the quarterback snap it to himself? They just have the – it's actually just like practice. They have the dude, they have the a, manager. GA holding the ball. With, with the ball that just kind of spins it back to the yeah. quarterback. And, he's and not the nose tackle has to do like five Mississippis. Yeah, the nose tackle has to five Mississippi before he blows up the GA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and before we get off, can I? This has bothered me. Before we end the podcast, before not, we end the podcast. Yeah, yeah that that phrasing was bad. That's it. Can we stop? <laughs> can we stop blaming college kids that are doing stuff that you knew they were going to do? That, yeah. uh, that adults aren't doing like come on like the it's, college it's a kids, bad look the college kids have been cooped up in their house for six months they get to go to school and see all their friends and you don't think they're gonna go out and have fun when of they've course seen, they're gonna go out when they've seen the data that either they're not gonna get it or if they do it's not gonna be a problem for them like of course they're gonna go out even, no even even knowing that that they might get it and be sick as hell. Guess right. what? They're still going out. Like, I, I'm i not going to hold them to some standard that I know for a 100% certainty if I was them, I would not be, be oh. doing it. 19-year-old me? No chance. I'm not. Come on. I'm at UT with all my buddies. You know where, the, where COVID is yeah. in our mind? It ain't. We have. We have. <laughs> Our views on this are quite a bit different, but we agree in lockstep a thousand percent on this. If you put me back on a college campus with my buddies around and a whole bunch of girls around, I'm not sitting in my room. No, you thought no you think they were just going to go hang out in their dorm room and then go to class and then go right back to the dorm and, and hang on. out there all day. The football season was going to happen or not happen, irregardless of of all of this stuff like well here's the thing if they really might, it actually might help the football season happen if more because schools, they're going to send them all home they're going to send them all home and keep the athletes and then the chances of then, having a football season are would actually right. go that's what then people, we're going to get football that's what only some people have have caught on with like they right they see the headline of whatever north carolina goes online and they're like, oh my god this is terrible no actually this is good <laughs> if you if, yeah. if your goal is to have football season Yes, get them off campus. Now, the sham that is amateurism is completely destroyed. Yeah, that's, that's another been, conversation. That's been destroyed through this whole thing. And the idea of we bring them on campus, make sure the checks don't bounce, and then tell them to go home is a whole nother yeah. rock of you-know-what, that higher education yeah. is a racket. But, but yeah, I just it just bothers me when I see people like, these college kids are being so irresponsible. I'm like, they're college yeah, kids. They're, yeah, they're, they're college kids. They are, by definition – Bob and Mary that live next door to me are also being irresponsible. Like, you know, it's 
Why you got Why you got Why you got to snitch on your neighbors? That's not their name, and no one knows where I live. So that's why you, you're you're snitching, Dave. You're snitching on your neighbors. Not their name. <laughs> I, just, I just had to say that because I I see all these tweets get, of people getting angry at like nineteen year olds. You're you're aiming your anger at the wrong person. If you didn't want them to do what they're doing, you shouldn't have allowed them back. Because you yeah. knew you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, you just no. Our our students are different. <laughs> here's 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 the problem. The only people that thought that's the way it was going to happen are the people that never left their room in college <laughs> back when they were in college, right? Am I wrong? I don't want to I think sometimes as we get older we kind of maybe forget what our minds were like at that time. Oh, I know what my mind was like at that no, time. There I'm was one like, thing on my mind at that time. Because I've even seen, like, young people, like, at, probably within five years of being out of school, like, saying stuff. And I'm like, man, you, you must have either, like you said, not exactly been a social butterfly or flushed <laughs> that part of your memory uh, down the drain when you got that diploma. I was trying to accomplish one thing and one thing only at that age. And it was, it, it did not, in, well, I was trying it to involve eventually being one in somebody's was, room. Was drinking a lot of beers. The other one, I don't want to say. I didn't really mom, drink that much back my then. My mom listens to this podcast. I, I didn't drink much back then. Uh, so I wasn't really too worried about that. I was worried about others, one other thing. Yes, finding, <laughs> finding maybe a companion with a morally casual attitude. Correct. I was trying to find someone like-minded uh, that had different parts than me. Yeah, but that was, <laughs> that was just my thing. Like, okay, cut, cut the kids a little bit of slack here. We we were all in their position at one point. We all want them to be safe. We all want them to be safe so that it helps us have a football team. But having a little bit of uh, realistic expectations. Oh, it's it's irresponsible. It's just we knew it was going to happen. Sure. It's no less irresponsible than all the things we've seen adults doing for the last six months. Right, 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 right. But that's the point being, like, yes, you should not be at a party with 500 people in somebody's backyard in the middle of a global pandemic. But we knew when we put you in the situation to be around. This is exactly what you were going to do. This is exactly, like, there was no question about that. That's like putting, like, Taco Bell in front of me and expecting me not to eat it. Like, we That's, know that you're yeah. overweight and everything, but here's some Taco Bell. Don't eat it. That's like, okay, so I'll, I'll tell a story about my daughter and before, and we'll, and we'll end it at that. So my wife works from home, right? She has a desk uh, set up, like, in the, the – the, there's an empty corner of our dining room where she kind of set that up as her workspace for working from home. Um, my daughter, who uh, – struggles to get off the couch before noon at 10 years old uh, throughout the summer had decided that she was going to overtake my wife's um, office space. So she, she moved all my wife's stuff. She put all of her school stuff into my wife's desk. She decided, you know, she, she got some little knickknacks. Oh, she just like little, straight up commandeered it. Like this is no, my commandeered it. Yeah. That this is, it's my desk now. Uh, so she stole, now. Yeah, she stole my wife's desk. 
she made it her own desk. She got a little whiteboard, a little write on. She was writing her, the little messages the first two days of school. Um, adorable, right? She's ten. She's she's she wants to get back to school. They're they're doing Zoom classes, so she's getting to see her friends on Zoom. Um, she was very excited about the first two days, Monday and Tuesday. Um, what happened today is exactly what I knew was going to happen. I got up went downstairs she was not at her desk she was wrapped up in blankets on the couch with her chromebook taking class uh while she was laying down on the couch which is exactly what i knew she was going to do when she was commandeering my wife's desk right like we know these things these things aren't difficult these things aren't a surprise that desk was never going to be where she was going to migrate to every morning at 8 a.m no chance the couch is much more comfortable. Partying at 19 years old is much more fun than sitting in your room, in your dorm room, with someone you don't know and probably don't like. Did anybody ever really like the randomly assigned college roommate that they got? Uh, I don't. Mine wasn't randomly assigned, so I don't know. Did you know anyone with a randomly assigned college roommate that, like, down the road, they were like, this has been my best friend for life? Uh, not best friends for life, but I, I the peop- the two guys that actually lived right next door to me and my roommate are still we're all still like really good friends. But yes, it's it's an anomaly. It doesn't happen much. It doesn't happen much. So of course we knew that they were gonna party. If they're nineteen, they're twenty. Hell, if they're twenty one, they're, they're just now able just to go now out going to bars. <laughs> of course they're gonna be at the bars. I didn't stop doing that until I was like thirty. That's uh, talking uh, society with Chad and Dave. Yeah, the, the, the foremost experts on all things. Yeah, uh, societal. Yeah. Um, the world in 2020. We haven't even mentioned food in this podcast. How about that? We had so much Bearcats to talk about. We haven't even mentioned food. I know. That's rare. All right, we're, go- we, we're long again. We've gone way long again. That's all right. We've gone a little bit long. Not way long. We're okay. People, the people like us. They do. I think. At least tell her that. All right, that wraps it up. Speaking of food, if you got a chance, go get some Holy Grail. Get some lunch, get some dinner, sit outside in the patio. Uh, Have a good time. Uh, Enjoy a beer. Have a blueberry beer with the little blueberries in it. Fish them out. Eat them. Delicious. Uh, Get some Reuben wontons. Get a a Philly cheesesteak. Get some pizza. I enjoy their pizza. Get some wings. Thanks to the Holy Grail for being our, uh, our title sponsor. Dave, thank you, my friend. Now we don't have to do it tomorrow. We just yeah. did it tonight. We got it, we got it knocked out. We got it out of the way. And uh, we'll see you probably next week. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? What? There's a, what? College, there's a college football game Saturday night. There's a couple this weekend. No, just, just Austin P and Central Arkansas. Oh, this next weekend. weekend. Next, next weekend, weekend, there's there's a lot. There's several. I mean, I shouldn't say a lot, not as many as usual, but there are probably ten over Labor Day weekend. All right. Well, yeah. Here we go. This Saturday, <laughs> nine o'clock, ESPN. We can do some scouting of the uh, Watch the, the, gov- the govs. The governors. Yeah. Let's let's let it rip, baby. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Dave. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. 
We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.